Well, listen, we have been in a series now. This is our third week, and I hope if you've been with me for a couple weeks now, you've been able to track along with us. Uh, we are in a series we kicked off on Easter, and I was kind of nervous about doing it because I've never, I've never kicked off a, serve, uh, a series on Easter before, okay? So I took a bold step, and you guys have hung with me, and we called the series The Good Place. And, and this, we called it The Good Place because, listen, if we're going to celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus, right, we also want to recognize that there's, 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 there's some more there, right? It's not just like, yeah, Jesus is, is, is rose from the dead, so what does that mean? That means something for you, and it means something for me. And so we've taken the past couple weeks to take a little bit and, and kind of dive in, deep dive here. And so we've talked about on Easter, everybody was super excited because I told you all we're going to die. Everybody's like excited, like, yeah, I love hearing about it. Studies have shown one out of one people die, you know. It's, a, it's an awesome fact to know. Last week, I, I didn't get pelted with uh, tomatoes or nothing like that. You held with me as we, we battled the really uh, difficult uh, subject of hell. Nobody ever likes it. And you'd be like, Pastor Chris, don't you be talking about hell. You already did that last week. All right, we're not living that again. I get it. I get it. But today, I'm excited to say that we're going to spend some time on, on heaven. How many of you are excited about heaven? Yeah, we can get excited about heaven. That's all right. That's all right. Now, I know that you're saying, like, why are you talking about death? and hell, and heaven, and that's because the whole, this, through this whole series, I've been trying to lay and paint a picture for you, to, for you to understand that what you believe about eternity is going to determine how you live for today, okay? What you, your view of, of what's going to happen once your life is over here, guess what? That's going to help determine how you live in the present, in, in the right here, in the right now, and, and you know, so if you believe that the life that you're living is all and listen you have friends and you have family that believe that and that's probably why they do some crazy stuff that you're sitting there like this does not make any sense well because their view of eternity is different than yours and so we need to recognize that and so for 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 you you know i i want to want to if you're able to believe right that you were created by god for god you were made with a purpose that that you know that this is an important message for each and every one of us to try to grab a hold of and understand. And, and, and I know, here's one of the things I want to let you know about today, okay? No matter how good I can do today, I promise you it ain't going to be that great because there's no way, there's no way for me to adequately describe to you what heaven's going to be like. I couldn't do it in one sermon. I couldn't do it in two. I couldn't spend a hundred and paint for you a realistic picture and an accurate picture. I'm going to do my very best, okay? But I, I want to encourage you today. If you're not really big on note-taking and you want to know more about what heaven says, I encourage you, there's some cards in front of you in that seat. Grab it, grab a pen, and get ready because I have so many scriptures that I'm not going to be able to actually to read them all today. Some of them I'm going to tell you about. Some of them we'll have on the screen here. But, but it, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of information I'm going to throw at you today because I want you to understand that heaven is a real place. It's a real thing. And, and the reason, though, that it's going to be hard for me to adequately describe this for you is because I really believe, like 1 Corinthians says in two, chapter 2, verse 9, it says this. It says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. In other words, in the Curtis Jones translation, 
I can't tell you. I don't know because guess what? It's better than I have vocabulary words for. And my, I, I'm Sussex County grammar, okay? So like I have my, little, my, my word limit is already pretty low, okay? So, so just be ready. In fact, I want to ask if you would, would you stand with me? We're going we're gonna to get into some scripture here right off the bat. And, and I just want you to know uh, that, you know, I want to know that you're reading it with me, that you're in it with me. So we're going to start. We got a, a portion from the uh, book of John, and then we're going to jump to the book of Revelation. But here's what it says. John chapter 14, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. That sounds good, doesn't it? Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. This is Jesus saying this. He says, guess what? My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, wouldn't I have told you that? But I am going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, then guess what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to take you with me so that you may also be where I am. That sounds like a good plan, right? In verse 4, he says this. He says, you know the way, uh, you know to the place where I am going. And I love this because I love Thomas because Thomas he just is one of those guys, he's kind of like my comic relief in, 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 the, in the scriptures, in the New Testament, right? Because Thomas is always throwing in weird stuff, and Thomas is like, Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, and Jesus, he said, Thomas, he says to him, Lord, come on, you know that, that we don't know where you're going to go. So how in the world could we possibly know the way? And I imagine, listen, I don't know what your Jesus looks like, but I imagine my Jesus, this is me picturing Jesus, Jesus is like, Thomas, Thomas, you do know, because here's what I, here's, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and of course, I'm imagining all the gears in Thomas's head starting to spin, right? But listen, we also know that it says this in the book of Revelations, this is John, the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. And God reveals to him a vision. And I know a lot of people, you kind of get freaked out about Revelation. You don't want to get into it too much. But, but listen, John gets kind of showed something. And John it makes his best attempt to write this down for, for, for what he's seeing, what he's understanding. And it says this in chapter 21, verse 1. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And, and, and I heard a loud voice from the throne. This is God saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Come on, somebody can be excited that he's going to come, he's, he's, he's preparing a place to dwell together, and here's what he says also in verse 4, and I love this, he says that guess what, at this time, he's going to wipe every tear from their eye, there's going to be no more death, or mourning, there's no more crying or pain. For the older things, guess what? They've passed away. The things of this world, the, the things that we deal with now, they're passed away. He who is seated on the throne, you know what he says? I am making everything new. And then in verse 7, he says this: those who are victorious will inherit all of this. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Would you pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray right now that as I'm 
sowing seeds, Father God, today, that they're going to take root, Father, whether it's in the people in this room or whether it's those online watching, listening on podcasts, Father God, I pray right now, Father God, that the seeds can be planted for us to receive this message and to, for us to have an understanding, a better understanding of what eternity could look like for each and every one of us, Father. Lord, I just want to thank you. I thank you for these words and for that you're going to bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, listen, turn to somebody you didn't come with today. Give them an air high five and tell them, I hope to see you in heaven. Come on, type it in the chat online, people. I hope to see you in heaven. I hope to see you in heaven. You can be seated. So listen, I, I, I fully recognize right, right here today that this is a hard, a hard message, right? This is a hard message for me to do because, again, like when we talk about heaven, what direction do we go? Like which way are we going to head to? And, and so one of the things I figured that I, I kind of wanted to, to give you today is a few points that are some misconceptions about heaven because we have a lot of misconceptions about heaven. Like people think that heaven, there's going to be baby angels flying around, like you're going to be playing harps, you know what I mean? You're going to be playing, I remember, this is a real thing for, about me, okay? I remember reading some scripture about heaven when I was a kid and be like, you mean we're going to sing like the same song for forever? You know what I mean? Like, and you just think you're going to sing the same song for like 10,000 years, you know what I mean? But, but you're, remember, if you remember old school, come on, old school people, you're only going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4. For some reason, we always skip verse 3. I don't know why we never really liked verse 3, but, but we always did. So I, I want to give you here a few misconceptions, a few misconceptions about heaven. And here's the first one. This is the first one, is that heaven will be boring. This is a common thing that a lot of people think, that heaven is going to be a boring place. And I, I kind of covered a little bit on this last week because I don't know if you know this, but you have an enemy who wants to whisper and tell everything, and everything that he's saying to you is a lie. And so we talked last week about how the devil wants to kind of convince you that there is no hell. Because if there is no hell, that you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to aim for anything. You can just live and you'll be good. You know, you and Jesus will roll up and, and you'll be cool in, in the afterlife, right? And, and so the other factor here, I think, is that people think that, that, that heaven is boring. And, and, you know, we talked last week a little bit about the enemy, about Lucifer. And, and, and many of you know, maybe you don't, but he was actually an angel, it says in Scripture. And as he was an angel, he decided in a split moment that he thought, you know what, maybe I'm going to put myself up there with God. And that didn't fly. I don't know if you know, but that doesn't work. And especially doesn't work in heaven in the presence of holiness, in the presence of God, because God is just and righteous and merciful. So when that happens, guess what? He got struck down along with a third of the angels. And so all of a sudden, you know, we have this, this split that happens. And, and, and so we have this misconception, though, that, that heaven is going to be this boring place where you're going to, like, lie on a cloud, you know what I mean, uh, that you're going to get there and there's going to be a line. Can you imagine the line for robes in heaven? Like, there's going to be a massive line for robes. You're going to have to pick up a harp. And you're going to have to figure out how to play a harp. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know how to play the harp. You know what I mean? It's never one of those things I learned in life. And, and so you're going to be sitting here, and you're going to be playing a harp, and you're just going to be singing the same song, floating on the cloud for 10,000 years, and you're just like, that does not sound like any fun. So what it means is sometimes we think that heaven is boring, and if we think that heaven is boring, the problem is, is you know what that means? That means we think God is boring. And I don't think God is boring. In fact, I think heaven is going to be the opposite of boring because See, it's the absence of evil, and it's nothing but the presence of God. And you're like, yeah, but Pastor Curtis, what does that mean? It, it, it means that you have to understand this. Can, 
can you recognize with me today, and I hope that you can, right, that when I say that everything that is good comes from God, okay, we, you know, we talk about God is love, right? So if we're going to recognize that good things come from God, right, that, you know, I want you to imagine, what are some of your best memories, you know, what are some of the best experiences that you've ever had in your life? What about, you know, what, what about food? How many of you love food? Do you love food like me? I love food. I love it. I love it. And you know one of the things I love? I love is the fact that God, in his good nature, gave me the taste buds to enjoy all that good food. Come on. Oh, you got to say, I'm preaching better than that. Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah that, those taste buds. Man, TJ, when you get that piece of steak and you put it in and it is just right, oh, that is so good. Your ability to see beauty, your capacity for joy, your ability to laugh and to love, all of these things are coming from God. And so what you love and enjoy on earth, guess what? You're going to be able to love and enjoy in heaven. It is that type of place. The only difference is, is guess what? There is no sin. There's going to be no evil and there's going to be no pain. And so I want to kind of give you some somewhat rapid fire, okay, some somewhat rapid fire things that of, of what heaven is going to be like, okay. This is going to have some scripture with it, and so um, I, I'm going to try to give this to you somewhat rapid fire so that we can make sure we can can, can be done on, in a matter, in because I'll tell you, I, I could talk about heaven till tonight. Like, I mean, I, I could go on, but, I, but I'm, I'm going to try to respect you like, Pastor Chris, don't you talk till tonight. I got lunch after this, okay. I, I got you. I got you, okay. All right, but here's what we know. Here's, what we, here's some things we do know about heaven. What we know that what uh, we will know one another, right? It, what we, kn- we will n- be able to know one another and we will love and be loved. You find this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. And, and, and I love the fact that you will have the opportunity. I don't know about you, but I have a list already set out of people who I need to talk to in heaven, okay? Like I need to talk to Moses and figure out how we did the whole Red Sea thing. You know what I mean? Like what was that like? You know what I mean? I, I need I need to be able to talk to Peter and be like, Peter, what, come on, man, walking on water. Like, really? Like, how did you do? You know what I mean? Like, so you get the opportunity. You know, some of you people, we're going to be like walking up to Eve, be like, come on, girl, what what went wrong? You know what I mean? We want to we want to have to we're going to have to have a little one on one conversation there. You know what I mean? But one of the things that we love and that we know is that we're actually going to be able to be reunited with people that we love. We're going to be able to, for the ones who knew Christ, that we're going to be able to have that moment. And I, I'm telling you, I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to be able to see my grandfather and to spend time with him and just hear him sing one more time. You know what I mean? And, and just, just to be able to go, you know, if you lost a child, guess what? You have the opportunity to see that that child is not lost. You know, your close friends and relatives, the people that you loved, that you have that opportunity that the betrayal and the hurts are gone. Nothing but perfect love is going to be there. Here's another one that we know. That heaven is going to be a place of unimaginative beauty. That there is no way. There, it, it, we find that out of that book of Revelations passage with uh, 21, chapter 21, verse 15. We, we find that there's really no way. I actually heard when I was doing some research on this, I loved it. I, I heard another pastor who was colorblind, okay? Now, I don't experience colorblindness, uh, but uh, one of the things that he said, he said, you know, I've really done, because of me being colorblind, I've done a lot of research in this. And he says, one of the things I really believe, and I have no way to prove this is true or not, but he says, I think when we get to heaven, there's going to be a whole other sense of the color spectrum that we're going to see. 
there's going to be new senses of smells. And, and, and there's all this stuff. There's new sensations that you can't adequately get because we're not able to do that here on earth. And I'm like, man, that's a pretty awesome concept, you know. But how about this? How about the mountains? How many of you are mountain people? You, anybody love going to the mountains, right? I was going to say, what about beach? Where are my beach people at? I love to go to the beach and just watch the waves, right? Whether it's the canyons, you get to experience these things. And in heaven, it's described that lions and lambs are together, and you're like, that doesn't make sense. I know, but that's the beautiful part about heaven. It doesn't have to make sense. I, I can't tell you. I know one of you, you're probably like, well, Pastor Curtis, is my dog going to go? I don't know, okay? I don't know. I, I'd love to believe that your dog's going to be there. We'll, we'll have to, we're going to have to find out on that. But I want you to imagine this. I want you to take just a second here, and I want you to imagine the most beautiful place on earth that you've ever been. Can you do that? Just take a second. What's the most beautiful place that you remember standing there and looking at something, and just like all of a sudden you're just like, wow. Now, I don't know where it is for you. But I know for me, me and Amy, we love to travel. That's like, that's one of our things. We love to travel. And I've had a couple opportunities to see some really amazing things. But I'll tell you, to be able to go, if you've been to the Grand Canyon, that's amazing, isn't it? You get to look at this, at the Grand Canyon, and it doesn't even look real. Like, you're like, that can't even be, like, literally, it, it looks, it's, it's so, it's so big, it's so massive, it's so awe-inspiring, it doesn't even look real. And I've also had the opportunity to go to Colorado and to go stand on Lookout Mountain and to literally see for hundreds of miles. And you're just looking and you're like, I can't believe I can stand in one spot and see multiple states. In Delaware, I can, I can, all I can see is trees. You know what I mean? That's all I got to compare it to. You know what I mean? So it, it's such an amazing thing. But you know what? All the things, the beautiful places that you see, they don't, they don't compare they don't compare to what it's going to be like. We also find in heaven, one of the awesome things is you will actually get to see God. You will get to see Jesus face to face. In First John chapter 3, verse 2, you see this. And, and look, you know, it, it, that might not, if you're not familiar, if you're not like, if you're kind of maybe new in your Christian walk, that might not be a thing. You're like, okay, I get to see Jesus face to face. I don't get it. But you, what you don't understand is that humanity, for as long as humanity has walked the earth, with the, the limited time when Jesus actually walked on the ground, that's the closest we've ever got to see when we've ever got to see God face to face. In fact, Moses tried to, and, and God was like, dude, you can't handle this. And like Moses was like, no, no, God, I got you. you know, listen, I, I'm going to just give you a little turn of my back for just a second, and I don't know, and again, I, I've seen a lot of movies, so this kind of helps my imagery of the Bible. Like, Moses' mind is blown, and, you know, you get the hair stood up. You know, that's what I imagine, because Moses could barely, barely handle just a passing glimpse of him. He could barely handle it. And, in fact, it, it, listen, in the Old Testament, listen, God, and this is how holy God is, by the way. God is so holy that in the Old Testament, when they had the, the tabernacle, and they would have the holies of holies, right, the Ark of the Covenant, right? Not Indiana Jones, okay, but the actual Ark of the Covenant, okay? Uh, what they would have is they would have uh, the priests would actually have to wear bells around the bottoms of the robe, and when they would go in, they'd also have a rope, and you, you're like, well, what are the bells and what is the rope for? Well, the bells is so that when you're walking, we still know you're alive, and then when the bells stop moving and we know you got too close to God and you ain't alive no more, the rope's to pull you back out, baby, you know what I mean? Because we find that that is how holy God is. That is, uh, it, so we never had the opportunity to get that close, but we will in heaven. 
we're also going to find that, guess what? You're going to get some new and perfect bodies. I feel like I've got, you, I've got more people with that. But, you know, you get new and perfect bodies. First Corinthians chapter 15, also Malachi chapter 4 and Isaiah, verse, or Isaiah chapter 35. Listen, when you get there, listen, if your grandfather was sick the last time you see him, that when you get there, guess what? They're not sick anymore. Listen, that loved one that you love that had dementia, when they get there, guess what? They don't have dementia anymore. They're of sound mind. It's an amazing thing to think. Guess what? I, I, got, I got news for you, man. I'm excited to go to heaven. You know why? Because hair grows back in heaven. Come on. Come on, somebody. Hair grows back in heaven. Yes, it does. Come on. One of the things, though, that is the most astounding thing about heaven is that it is the absence of everything bad, of everything painful, of the evil of the world. And it's the presence of everything good and holy and glorious. You know, and, and look, I know that probably you're sitting here thinking like, well, what does that mean? What do we do for eternity? I honestly, and it, I think that when you read through a lot of scriptures, listen, there's scriptures in Isaiah chapter 65 and again in Revelation chapter 21. That I, I think that when you see that when you get to heaven, that this is not going to be a thing where you're sitting here bored, twiddling your thumbs. I think that you're going to be able to have and do the things that you love to do, but we're going to be able to do it in the presence of God, and we're going to be able to enjoy the time together because we'll get to rule and reign with Christ. So here's what I can tell you today, that whatever, whatever picture that you can paint of heaven, it's better. Because we cannot adequately paint that picture. We can't do it. No more death. No more sorrow. No more sickness. No more fear or stress. No more anxiety. No more sleepless nights. No more betrayals. No more hurt, abuse, heartache. No more disease. No more violence. No more injustice. No more racism. It doesn't exist in heaven. Some of you need to be excited that in the heaven, guess what? You don't have to get up in the middle of the uh, middle of the night to use the bathroom. Come on. Come on. Guess what? In heaven, there is no more bad breath. In heaven, there are no more Mondays. Ladies. Oh, come on, ladies. Where you at? Ladies, there are no more that time of the month again in heaven. Come on. Like, for real, like, come on, we, we can be excited about it. So is heaven, does, does heaven sound, you were like, Pastor Curtis, did you really go there? I did. I did. I did. Heaven, heaven is not this boring place. It's not. It's the opposite of boring. It is the absence of everything evil and everything in the presence of God. Here, as we're, we're running out of time today, and I knew this was going to happen because I have so much I could tell you. I have so many scriptures I could share, but I, I, I didn't have the opportunity. But here, here's the second one. And this is the most, in my opinion, this is the most common, maybe not thing we admit, but this is one of the most common mindsets that we all have. And that this, that this world that you're living in right now is your home. This is it. You know, we think we, we're born, you go to school, you go to college, you got plenty of time, you get married, 
you have some kids, you save for a house, you move in, it's awesome, it's great, and that's it. We think that's it. But that's not it. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 19, it, it talks about the fact that many of us have our minds set on earthly things. And look, I get it. We still got to pay our bills, right? Like, so I, I'm, I'm not talking about that, but we can't stress and worry about those things because we find that where is our citizenship in? It's in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, that the Lord Jesus Christ. I brought, I brought this up. I'll see if I can reach it. I brought this up. From, I brought this from whom? I, I need you to understand that in Scripture, we always talk about this, but in Scripture, I'm sorry if I spray anybody in the front row, okay? In, in Scripture, that is what your life is described as as a mist. That's it. It's there, and guess what? It's gone. So here's the thing. If your life is described as a mist, are you, are you going to focus so much on the mistiness? Are you going to focus on what happens before and what happens after that? In fact, I'm really impressed the worship team didn't trip, but I have a really big rope up here. I have this rope. And now, you, if you can't tell, it might be hard if you're watching online. This video goes all, or this uh, rope goes all the way that way. Goes all the way that way. I got, I, I got me some slack. And, and I want you to understand and imagine this. If this is eternity, you can't see where it starts. You can't see where it goes. But you see, there's a spot here in the middle that's got this blue line. And you're like, well, what is this blue line? Is this my life? Oh, no, my friends. This blue line does not represent your, your life. This represents all of time as we know it. See, because all of time as we know it, it's just this small, little, teeny sliver piece of something. See, see, it, it, it goes on for this way, and it goes on for this way, but you and me, we're, we're somewhere in here. And so for, for me and for you, you know, we've got creation, and we've got Adam and Eve all the way down here on this end of the rope, you know. And, and, and with Adam and Eve, then we, we find Moses and, and we find Abraham, you know what I mean. We find those stories. We find all of a sudden we find we get through here and as, as time progresses on, you know, you're going to find uh, the life of Jesus. And you find the, the Apostle Paul. And then, and then after that, guess what? It's, it still goes on a little bit, you know what I mean? Because we have the re Renaissance. And, and then guess what? The printing press was born. How exciting was that? You know, and then, and, then, and then after that, we get to the Industrial Revolution. And then all of a sudden, here we're getting down here. And then, then we get World War I and World War II. And we get the 57 Chevy. And we get the 83 Orioles winning the World Series. Praise Jesus. Yes. Come on. You know, I, I had to put it in there. I had to. I had to. And as we get down here, you know, we find this dashing-looking man meeting a woman named Amy Banks and deciding he's going to marry her and, and for the rest of his life, you know what I mean, having, having kids, you know what I mean? But, but here's the problem is that's, that's here. But look, it keeps going. There's more to it. So me and you, listen, we have to make the decision. Where is your home? Are you going to focus on, on running around like crazy and paying the bills and saving this and doing that, all the stuff that, all the stuff that comes with life? Are you 
going to take a second to live for eternity. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, For the things we see will now soon be gone. But the things that, guess what? You can't see. I can't see them. They last for forever. Miss Priscilla, if you wouldn't mind, would you come up here with me today? Here's the last and final point. The last and final point, and this is one, again, I believe that so many of us think, is that most people, we're going to heaven anyway. We don't really got to worry about it. We don't really got to think about it because, I mean, we all say that God is a good and a loving God. And, in fact, if you believe in heaven, you're in good company. In fact, more than 70, 74% of Americans believe in heaven. And the interesting thing is when you ask many people when they believe in heaven what they believe, like what, what is heaven defined as a place? It's generally defined as a place for people who have lived good lives to go to be eternally rewarded, right? It's this, this sense of like, oh, there's just this good spot out there. But Jesus said, and we talked about this last week, Jesus says there's two paths. There's one path that's really wide. It's really easy to fit on. It's really easy. It's paved. It's got markers. It's got trade. It's, it's everything you want in a path. But then you're going to find that there's another path. It's a smaller one. It's not as easy. You're going to have to climb a little bit. You're going to have to squeeze through some spots. It's going to be a place where it's a little bit tight to fit through. See, we, got, we have to recognize that good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And man, I know that that hurts. Because listen, I have a lot of people in my life that are really good people. Like I have, a, I have family members that are good. They're good people. They will do anything. You call them up and you ask them to. But I, I hate to say this. There's nowhere in this book that describes good as the qualification. Jesus said what? When Thomas asked him, we don't know the way. Jesus said, oh, you know the way. I am the way. I want to invite you, if you would, would you stand to your feet with me this morning as we get ready to wrap up here? Romans chapter 3 says this, verse 23. For everyone has sinned. That's you, that's me, that's the person beside you, that's the person in front of you, that's the person next to you. That Listen, your kids, your kids have sinned. We all have. It's, all, it's something we do. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, he freely makes us right in his sight. But how did he do this? He did it through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of sin. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life and shed his blood. 
I guarantee you, if we were all honest, and if I started calling out stuff like lies, lustful thoughts, cheating, we'd all have hands just going up everywhere, wouldn't we? Because it's in our nature. It's just, it's just part of the sin that is in this world. And listen, my goal today, whether this is your first time here, your second, your third, or your hundredth, my goal today is not to try to instill fear in anyone. Please know that. I, this is not a message of fear. But I want to I, I give you a sense of increased urgency. Because here's what I come, like, uh, I won't say, th this is not, uh, so hear me out, this is not like a panic attack that I have or nothing like that, but I have this like all, uh, like, oh no moment. I don't know if you've ever, you ever had those moments like when you, maybe you're in the shower, you're driving, and you just start thinking about stuff, you get those like, oh no moments. Now I know that you look at me, and I look dashingly young. But you know my oh no moment, like my oh no moment is sometimes I'll look in the mirror, or I'll be somewhere, and be like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm almost halfway there. Like out of, out of my blue line, you know what I mean? I, I'm almost halfway there, and that's if everything goes good. You know what I mean? On the second half, if everything lives, I'm almost there. We have to have an increased sense of urgency. We can't act like we live forever. Because this life does not last for forever. So listen, as we get ready to close today, I just want to ask you, if you would, would you just close your eyes with me, bow your heads, and listen, if there's anybody in this place that you're like, Pastor Curtis, I really like this place called heaven that you've laid out for me. I really love the fact that there's no more pain or suffering or sickness, no disease. All the people that are forgiven by Christ are going to be there. We get to celebrate life with them for forever, forever. And listen, if that's you and you say, you know what, I want to make sure that today, I want to make sure that I am living with eternity in mind. Would you just raise your hand today? That's it. I, I, I love the fact that we are living for eternity. And listen, if you've never taken the time, if you've never taken the opportunity, I want to encourage you today to pray this very simple prayer. Listen, and the, and the prayer, repeating the words is not the important part. It's the belief that's the really important part. You can pray in any way you want. Just make sure you're believing it, okay? But would you pray with me? Would you just say, Jesus, I ask you once again to forgive me of my sins. And if this is your first time, just say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Lord, I am so thankful that you called me a son, that you called me a daughter. I, Lord, I'm so thankful that you've allowed me the opportunity to live in heaven. And Father, right now, right now, allow me to have a sense of urgency. Father, right now I pray for your sons and your daughters. I pray for those that are watching online or listening to this message. Father God, I pray for those that are here in person. Lord God, that you are going to speak right now that you're going to help develop inside of us an increased sense of urgency. Father, because we don't know whether it's a week, a month, a year, 10 years, a decade, a century. We don't know how much time we have. But Father, Lord, we know that this is not the end of the story. 
And Father, right now, I just pray that I, I, I believe, I, I know that there's probably someone here in person, there's someone watching online right now that is really still struggling with the sense of believing that there could be a God that has a great place like heaven but doesn't allow everybody in. And Lord, I pray right now, Father God, that your spirit would speak, whisper words, Father God, to, that, to the heart. Father God, because Lord, we know, Lord God, that you never intended for anyone not to go to heaven. But Father God, Lord, you at least gave us a way through Jesus Christ to find the path to get there. It's narrow. It's not the smoothest. It's got some ups and it's got some downs. But Father God, Lord, we are so thankful that that path exists. Father, I pray that you will continue to work on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing this song as we get ready to close out?